Worship in the World is a screen-free worship experience brought to you by Downtown Church. Downtown Church is a community of unfinished people based in Columbia, South Carolina. We believe in asking honest questions while we strive to follow Christ within our own communities, loving people wherever they find themselves on their faith journey. Thank you for being with us today. at Downtown Church. It is so good to be with you all together. Let us open with prayer. God, we came to worship with a lot on our minds, but now let us focus on you. 
Help us to put aside our tasks and schedules. Replace our worry with peace. Fill us with laughter and hope. And guide us as we open ourselves to be transformed, to be more like you. It's your name we pray. Amen. out of this time of confession and admission, let us remember that confession isn't just for us. It feels good to be forgiven, but God knows that we live in community better when we forgive one another, when we can live as reconciled to each other no matter how different and diverse we are. So let us now say together the prayer of admission found in your program. Let us pray. Almighty God, you poured your spirit upon gathered disciples creating bold tongues, open ears, and a new community of faith. 
we confess that we try to hold back the movement of your spirit among us. We do not listen to your word of grace. We do not speak the good news of your love. We do not live as people made one in Christ. Forgive us, God, and hear us now as we pray silently. Let us remember that when Jesus was hanging from the cross, he looked out at all these people and he said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Y'all, we still don't know what we're doing, and Jesus still forgives us. Hear the good news. We have been forgiven. We are able to forgive one another. Let us live in peace with God and one another. Alleluia. Amen. As we now enter a time of holy interruption, it's a good reminder that on December 3rd, we're going to have a 10-year anniversary party right here, uh, and we need to know how much food to get for that party, so please, if you haven't bought a ticket and plan on coming, do so. There's a way to do it in the back of your program with a QR code. Today, we begin a new sermon series around our 10-year anniversary. You can see it laid out on the back of your program It's going to go for eight weeks and it's called What Our Future Holds. And each week we're going to lift up a different value in our church, things that you can see, decisions that we've made along the way, and we're going to talk about why. And then as we live into those values, we will live our vision of being a glimpse of the kingdom here and now. We begin with humor.
God in a hospital. No one laughs at God in a war. No one's laughing at God when they're starving, freezing, or so very poor. No one laughs at God when the doctor calls after some routine tests. No one's laughing at God when it's gotten real late and their kid's not back from that party yet. No one laughs at God when their airplane starts to uncontrollably shake. No one's laughing at God when they see the one they love Hand in hand with someone else, hope they're mistaken No one laughs at God when the cops knock on their door Say we've got some bad news, sir No one's laughing at God when there's a famine, fire, or flood Crazy say he hates us and they get so red in the head you think they're about to choke. God can be funny when told to give you money if you just pray the right way. And when presented like a genie who does magic like Houdini, grant switches like your mini cricket and Santa Claus. God can be so hilarious. Ha ha. God in a war, no one's laughing at God when they've lost all they've got and they don't know it for. No one laughs at God on the day they realize the last sight they'll ever see is a pair of hateful lies. No one's laughing at God when they're saying their goodbyes. But God can be funny at a cocktail party when listening to a good goddamn joke. When the crazy say he hates us and they get so red in the head you think they're about to choke God can be funny When told they'll give you money if you just pray the right way And when presented like a genie who does magic like Houdini Grant wishes like Jiminy Cricket and Santa Claus God can be so hilarious No one laughs at God in a hospital No one laughs at God in a war no one laughs at God in a hospital. No one laughs at God in a war. No one laughing at God in a hospital. No one's laughing at God in a war. No one's laughing at God when they're starving or freezing or so very poor. No one's laughing at God. No one's laughing at God. No one's laughing at take a look at our scripture with me. We're reading from Genesis chapter 18 verses 12 through 15. So Sarah laughed to herself saying, after I have grown old and, and my husband is old, shall I have pleasure? The Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? And say, shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is anything too wonderful 
for the Lord. At the set time, I will return to you in due season, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. And he said, oh, yes, you did laugh. The word of God for us, the people of God, thanks be to God. Oh, yes, you did laugh. God gets a little snarky with Sarah. In fact, the whole drama is comical. Sarah is listening in on Abraham's conversation and God is listening in on Sarah. God must have known that Sarah would think it's ludicrous that he would give her a child in her old age. She has wanted a child her entire life. She hasn't been able to conceive. She even humbled herself to encourage her partner Abraham to go take another partner, Hagar, and have a child, Ishmael, a son. First try, that had to hurt. And then Sarah turned a little shade of evil in how she treated Hagar and Ishmael. She projected her issues onto them and and sent them out into the wilderness without food. Luckily, God interrupted and spared the mother and the boy. And now, after a long life for Sarah, now in her 90s, after having dealt with her feelings of failure and her sin and putting to bed her dream of becoming a mother now. Now? Now is when God decides to show up. Now is when God decides to grant her a child. Y'all, I'd laugh too. I'd laugh to disguise my anger. I'd laugh to disguise my confusion. I'd laugh to disguise my sadness. I'd laugh to disguise my fear. And let's be clear, Sarah, she is laughing at God. She thinks it's absurd. God has gone off his rocker. She laughs at God. She has no interest in laughing with God. But God is laughing. God embraces laughter. In fact, just a few chapters back in Genesis, when God tells this plan to Abraham, Abraham falls on the ground laughing and God embraces him. God is embracing laughter. In fact, God tells Abraham, when you have this son, name him Isaac, for the root of that word means to laugh. God is laughing. God is enjoying the absurdity of this notion that nothing is too wonderful for God. But Sarah doesn't want to laugh with God. She doesn't want to laugh with God because she's too afraid to admit all the things that she feels. She's too afraid to open up that conversation because who knows what feelings are going to bubble up and out. And God isn't just inviting Sarah into a new chapter of her life. God's asking Sarah to be vulnerable with him. God wants to meet Sarah in her fear, in her anger, in her sadness, in her disbelief. God welcomes all those symptoms of our humanity. God wants her to laugh with him. And and y'all, she can't. 
Laughing with God means opening up to how her life is about to change. Don't you think she's scared about having a baby that late in life? I mean, can her body even carry life? It never has before. Will she survive childbirth at 90? And, and when, when she's pregnant, will anyone in the community support her through her pregnancy and her childbirth? You know that she is gonna be the talk of the town to everybody and their mama. How did she get pregnant so late in life? And then, then if she survives childbirth, how long will she live to enjoy her child's life? And, and who's gonna take care of this child once she and Abraham are gone? And will she have the energy for this child? Like, will she be able to get down on the floor and play with them, not to mention wake up how many times in the middle of the night to feed them? Did I mention the anger? The anger that's gonna seep out? Why did God take so long? And then she's got to think about her identity. All of that changes when she has a son. Bearing a son is leaving a legacy in that culture. And she has spent 90 long years building her identity, her story, and all of that is about to change completely right at the end of her life. And so, yeah, she laughs. She laughs at God to bring some levity to the absurdity of this situation. God's good news for her, it questions every part of her life that she has come to count on. So she laughs. I was talking to a church member recently about a potential career change and I could see in his eyes both the terror and the excitement at that possibility. It's liberating to think about changing your job, right? Thinking about it can be fun, but actually doing it, that is an entirely different thing. In our culture, careers are what shape our identity. So changing careers, that's like changing identity completely. It's like intentionally falling off a cliff so that you can start over again. And you know, you remember how hard it was to start climbing. So can you imagine climbing at the end of your life? There's terror and there's excitement and there's regret and there's dreams all mixed up into one and you either laugh or you cry. When thinking about something so wildly outside of our reality, laughter, it's a way that we keep things just a little at bay. Well, one week after running into this church member who's really praying and considering a change in their career and their identity, I ran into someone who had already done that. They had already done it, middle, maybe middle of their career life. They had completely shifted over and there were people who thought they were crazy. There are people who still do. And yet there's no denying that his life now is more in line with what he wants it to be. He spends his days excited about what he gets up to do. Even when the change is something that we want, like for Sarah, it is terrifying the later you make that change in your life. Humor. 
It's a natural part of being human and it, it can come like uncontrollably at moments. Have y'all experienced that before? When the giggles get you and man, I remember growing up in a pew at the church and if one person was giggling, like there's no stopping, that whole pew is gonna start laughing. Have you been caught with those big belly laughs in a moment that felt completely inappropriate? Have you ever been grieving a loved one and you're in a house and, and everybody's just been crying for hours, but all the tears, they are dried up and you can't stay in that dark valley forever. There's gotta be some levity at some point. And so, you know, someone trips on a cable or a baby starts to giggle and everybody can't help it. They're laughing. Y'all, God anoints that laughter as holy. Laughter is beautiful especially when it's embraced, when we get to laugh with each other, when our cheeks start to hurt from using all those smiley muscles for so long, when we've connected with one another. That's what God is after with Sarah. That's why God wants to laugh with us. Humor is a part of the DNA of downtown church. It always has been. We make jokes all the time. We usually laugh at ourselves when we mess up on stage or when we spill coffee on our floor. We laugh to keep ourselves humble because we know that you get yourself into trouble when you start taking yourself too seriously. So we laugh with each other. We like to poke fun at each other. It helps us relax. It helps us to hold things a little more loosely. It helps us make space for the Holy Spirit to come in and just sweep us all off our feet. We laugh at the organizational minutia that is church in our program. We laugh about things like offering and membership. We love, we love y'all planting jokes in the program for you to find. It brings us joy. Laughing is a way that we connect with each other. It's a way we communicate with each other. And it is a way we connect with God. We make jokes because it's biblical. God is down with laughter. And God is totally okay when we laugh like Sarah does because God's vision for our life, it feels too big, too demanding, too great for us. Quite frankly, God expects our laughter. God knows that God asks big things from us. God simply just wants to laugh with us. Laugh, yes, and then believe. Show up like Sarah and Abraham do. Participate in what God is up to. God calls Sarah to this new life of motherhood, to establishing God's people, to creating a glimpse of the kingdom. And that last part of the vision for Sarah, that is the same for each one of us. God is birthing something new in this community. God is calling us to build that kingdom here and now. And it is really hard work. I mean, have you seen the pain walking around in bodies these days? Have you witnessed the pure yelling that happens in drive-throughs these days, making strangers feel this small? Have you seen the suicide rates? Have you been there with a friend when they receive the most tragic news? 
We can find ourselves like Sarah, quickly distancing ourselves from God instead of drawing near, laughing at the absurdity of this call in our reality. We can get hopeless and distant and skeptical and are laughing at God, or we can laugh with. Sarah teaches us that when we laugh with God, we aren't alone in our anger or our sadness or our fear or our failure. Laughing with God helps us process the absurdity of our call while also summoning God's strength to try anyway. Laughing with God, it gives us this space to acknowledge what is holding us back and then to let it go. Laughing with God, y'all, it's a pathway to heal. There's this comedian, Neil, who talks about the value in his life of being able to make a joke. He's one of nine kids, and his father never gave him positive attention, like never. He never said, I love you. In fact, when Neil became an adult, he asked his dad, point blank, dad, did you ever love us? And his dad looked him in the eye and said, no, I guess I didn't. Neil grew up feeling little self-worth and then you add to that his clinical depression and he felt like he didn't belong anywhere. Jokes were where he lived. It's where he came alive. It's where he could process the hard things he had to deal with, the pain in his life. And, and he talks about that when the depression would hit really, really badly, it'd be like he was in a tank and the water was just rising up. And right before he's about to drown, his brain does this descrambling and creates a joke that becomes an air bubble that allows him to breathe, that allows him to keep going, to keep living. That's the power of a good joke for Neil. It allows him to heal. So no, we don't make jokes at downtown church for just the sake of making jokes and we're pretty intentional about them. We don't laugh at people, we laugh with. And we value humor because it's a way that we can connect to each other. It's a way we can connect with God. And it can be healing to share laughter with someone else when we release the pain or the anxiety or the expectations just a little bit. We can laugh at the absurdity of our reality. We can laugh with God. We make jokes at downtown church because we know that God values humor and we know that it is a way God wants to be with us. And for that, I say thanks be to God. Amen. The devil's in the basement in my home. A flight of stairs is way too close. comes for me when I'm alone 
Follow me down where the waters run deep I'll let you drown in the worst of me If my intentions are good, why can't I come clean? If heaven's above, where does that leave me? sing that again right now. That might be okay. Thanks be to God. We're about to pray what's in your program as the prayer for all people. And at some point during that, there's going to be a collective invitation for us to pray and say the words that Jesus taught us, the Lord's Prayer. And in the Lord's Prayer, there's a word or two, debt and debtors. Debt and debtors are in that prayer. 
Some of us have said trespasses and trespassers versus debt and debtors. I want you to know that whether you have a debt or a debtor or a trespasser, trespasser, say what you're moved to say. Because here's one thing I know. Whether it's a debt or a trespass, God hears both and God forgives both. Amen? Let us pray. Dear God, on this day where we're reminded of the beauty and the joy of laughter, we pray for all people who have ludicrous dreams and desires. For all people who project our voids and loss on others. We pray for those who laugh so we don't cry. Laugh so we don't cuss. Laugh so we don't criticize or condemn. Remind us, God. Encourage us to remember that nothing is too wonderful for you. We laugh when we don't understand. We laugh when we have fear. We laugh when we're uncertain. We laugh when we're mad. The thought of peace on earth, that seems laughable. Unity sometimes seems laughable. Really? Joy will come in the morning. Will it? Even as we look back over our lives and reminded that we are forgiven, we look at the long list of trespasses and debts and laugh. Can that be forgiven? God reminds us that, yes, that can be forgiven. And being with you and laughing with you is all part of the process. And thank you for Jesus and the comfort of the Holy Spirit that allows us to get through this together. And now, hear us as we pray together the words your son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Would you please stand with me for our affirmation of faith? Friends and family, what do you believe? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Let me have
No one's laughing at God. We are all laughing with God. So as you go from this place, may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the interruption of that Holy Spirit may it be with you and with all those you love and with all those nobody loves. Go in God's peace. Amen. If you feel compelled to support the church financially, you can give a secure gift online at downtownchurch.me forward slash give.